Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 96. Thank you for listening and joining this week. As always, make sure you five-star rate, review, and subscribe and support the podcast. This week, we'll talk what's in the news. We also discuss our roundtable and get to question of the week. So we have an exciting show as always. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Market update of the week. So as we sit here, we're seeing the market get a little bit choppy, a little bit flat, mainly if you're seeing it on the retail side um, and on you know the little bit tech side with the, the yields rising. So basically, um, we had... The president come out and said that he was going to re- renominate Jerome Powell for a second term as the Fed chairman. So we saw yields rise a bit on that uh, on that announcement, which you know is going to affect a little bit of the, the tech stocks that we've seen, which have actually had a great run for the past month or two. Um, and so that's pretty much the big sentiment there. Uh, overall, the market's still in a strong state. If you look at like past one or two months, uh, we've driven higher, but. I've seen the Dow in the green for the week, while the S&P and the NASDAQ a bit down. Um, and the big questions are coming up in the market is, one, what happens in the holiday season with you know retailers with demand being met by supply, supply chain issues and inflation? That's the bigger, the one of the big questions. And also, there is a little bit of rising COVID cases in Europe, um, which is something to watch as Germany was considering a lockdown. So there are things brewing, but set right now, it's really more of a calmer market um, that we're seeing outside of some of the retail companies that kind of plummeted after some 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 expectations for their results in their most recent quarter fell short with product delays and the like. So that's what we're watching in the markets. In the news front, let's start off with dating app news. Tinder, who owns Tinder, which is owned by Match, Match Group, they're going to expand to human matchmaking to fight swipe fatigue. So, you know, they've, they've done a lot of things in these apps. Apparently, I'm not on them, obviously, but they've done a lot of things in the sense of pr- voice prompts. They've done a lot of things in the sense of trying to get people more tied into the ecosystem and make it easier to find matches. So now they're adding matchmakers to actually talk to a human dating coach for $5 a week. They'll ask you personal questions. They'll match you with someone that could be of, of, of the likes that you would need to get off the app, is what they say. Um, so yeah, I mean, cuffing season, as they call it, is around the corner. You know, we got holidays, you're going home, your mom or dad is going to bug you about who you're dating if you didn't bring someone. And so I'm sure the apps are heating up. And so we'll see what how that plays down the line. Um, we talked about the, the retailers a little bit earlier. Gap, Nordstrom, a lot of the retailers retailers had disappointing earnings with not meeting the demand based on supply chain issues um and a lot a lot of those things they're also seeing a lot of and i'm seeing a lot more online like smash and grab as they call it boosters or you know thieves really just coming in grabbing to store stealing things and running out that's a big issue for a lot of these retailers and they're closing down stores which is going to hurt top line revenue obviously so that's a big problem. You saw Best Buy, you know, Best Buy CEO Corey Berry blame stagnant sales in part on an uptick in theft. She pointed to California saying, hey, it's particularly at a crazy there. We've seen a lot of theft um, and smash and grabs. The Walgreens announced plans to shut down five stores in San Fran. 
uh, claiming that their sales, their the rate of thefts in the city has risen five times the national average, which is obviously scary to think about it. And if we stick with the retailers, Dollar Tree said it's going to raise prices on most of its items from $1 to $1.25. Although they argue the move was not a result of high inflation, but I, I would argue against that. But they usually offer products for a dollar for the past 35 years, but now it's $1.25. That's a 25% increase. So you're telling me there's no you know, inflation. It's not. It's only 6%. But Dollar Tree is increasing their prices. 25%. That's got to tell you something, folks. We know it's here. Inflation is rampant, um, more rampant than ever. Um, and, and we've got to, and you're watching it. We're just watching it. And you have to be careful in the situation to hedge for that. So we saw what happened with some some folks that bought the Constitution. But now if we're focusing more on the crypto side of things, right? El Salvador, which was one of the first to legalize Bitcoin as tender. Um, they're moving to do another more groundbreaking thing, which is build a volcano, volcano-powered Bitcoin city featuring a, cent- a central plaza that looks like a massive Bitcoin symbol. Uh, construction is scheduled to begin next year. Um, and, and we obviously know El Salvador was the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal, legal tender. But now they're moving into higher Bitcoinization, as they call it. They're now doing bit bonds. They plan to create the world's first government-issued Bitcoin bond, and half the funds from the $1 billion issue would be converted to BCC. The other half would be used for the city infrastructure and mining. So El Salvador is going all in. They're going all in. There's 23% of their population below the poverty line. And its existing government bonds are categorized as junk bonds, meaning no one wants to buy them because they don't believe they're going to be able to pay them back the interest. Um, and so they're moving through. I think it's a smart move. You got to move into where the direction things are going. You got to take a play. If you're having junk bonds for your legal tender, uh, for your, your government bonds or debt is categorized as junk, then you want to see areas where you can do things a little bit differently. And I think that's a smart move. And as we mentioned earlier, Biden picks not Powell for the second term as Fed chair. So Powell's going to get another chance. And if you think about what happened um, in 2018, he's been running America's central bank since 2018. And he did help the economy recover and the markets recover from the pandemic plunge with heavy, heavy stimulus, the, the heaviest stimulus we've seen. They pumped trillions into the money supply um, through $120 billion monthly bond purchases. Stocks are back at a record high, but inflation is soaring, as we talked about earlier. And so now they're going to start to shift the focus to inflation. Um, so Biden said he appointed Powell to another four-year term because, one, I think he mentioned in his presser that he wanted to normalize and keep things the same and to not upset the natural ecosystem that we have currently used to get back to a bit of a normal. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, is pretty much what he was saying. Um, and so we're th- the Fed has brewed plans to start scaling back its bond-buying program, and it's going to really try to taper a little bit here. Um, but that's the big thing. We got inflation uh, going, and, and we're still trying to keep growth going in the economy, but also keep inflation in check. So he has a big mandate ahead of him to try to make sure the economy is running smoothly, um, along with the other members of the Central Bank Committee. So that is our big news update. We've kept it short, uh, but there was a lot of news. We are moving towards Thanksgiving. This episode should probably be released a little bit early so people can enjoy their Thursday with their family. Uh, But let's move forward to the roundtable next. 
Finance Roundtable, folks. Finance Roundtable, everyone. This is another opportunity for us to talk about strategy, structures, personal finance, investing in a relaxed setting. This week, I want to talk about a concept which you may have or may not have heard about, which is alpha. Alpha, obviously, um, meaning pretty much, you know, when you're talking about alpha in the stock market or in the terms of investing, it's used in finance as a measure for performance. It's the excess return of investment relative to a, a, a benchmark or a mark, market benchmark. Um, and you want to generate alpha, meaning beating the market, beating some sort of return metric or benchmark. And now as I look at the landscape investing where everyone's now gone from, you know, not really investing some for some people uh, to now investing in stock market versus other people, other people that were investing in stock market now looking for riskier or moving out in the risk curve to do different things. It's going to be harder for people, especially people that are making not smart bets and investments to generate alpha in, in that respect. And I think also, if you look at it, the majority of alpha is generated in actually the early stage or private markets. But how do you get allocation into that? It's super hard, right? You're not just going to be able to walk out and offer good companies or hot deals that are in the early stages money and they're going to accept it. That's not generally how it works. So you obviously have to work with, and that's why New Street Ventures is working with teams and founders to get allocations into these early stage companies because it is an area where we're seeing that the area is going to be a lot of alpha generated, especially if you look at Web3, um, crypto, NFT, all these different platforms, all these different sectors, areas that are going to be kind of be bigger, that are going to grow so much in the next decade or two. And you want to be in at the ground floor now. Um, and so that's why we're prepping and that's why I'm prepping clients to one, allocate a bit of their capital to be able to invest into these areas through what we're doing in New Street Ventures Group. We're just syndicating these deals in these early stage startups through our networks, through our connections, through our deal pipeline and flow um, and our due diligence. You have to understand these companies. Most people don't understand stuff. They just think it's really cool to do these things. Um, but you have to understand these companies better than most to be able to allocate capital. And you have to one, plan to allocate capital. If you're saving 100,000 a year, right? Then you want to do alternative investments. It really should only be done with maybe five or 10% of your capital. So, right, that's 5,000 or $10,000. So you want to make what two or three investments from that capital you want to make sure you allocate and save and plan for these things which is a smart way to do it and work with someone that understands your plan so we're gearing up um to do these things and present these ideas um to people that have the ability to invest in them and, and i think it's important to understand that's where the alpha will be generated right you want to be at the ground floor in these companies to be able to see the growth um, and they eventually hopefully IPO. So that's something to keep in mind and we'll definitely be doing that. And what is it, if we switch gears, what is everyone doing for Thanksgiving? That is an important question in my mind, important to understand that you can spend time with family, turn the brain off, watch some football, relax and enjoy your time. So I think that's super important. I'm gonna jet relax a little bit, probably take 24 hours for once to relax a little bit. Um, but we'll be doing that. So it, it's it's a great time of year to spend time with family. Make sure you do that. Um, and, and we'll be going to the next seg segment, which is question of the week. Question. 
Question of the week. Question of the week. Let's get straight to it. The listener says, my husband refuses to pay his income tax. What will happen to him and me? Dive deeper. My spouse does not pay income tax. He says the IRS makes you think your <laughs> your income needs to be reported. He says the tax code shows that's not true, right or wrong. This prevents us from using his income for a mortgage. This greatly decreases how much money we have to buy a house. I'm pretty discouraged and not sure what I should do. And if I need to protect my assets because the IRS is not someone I want to cross, please advise. Um, yeah, of course you have to pay your taxes, especially if you're self-employed and it's not just withheld from your paycheck. Yeah, one, you'll be penalized if you don't pay. Interest and penalties will begin to accrue on the outstanding amounts. And the IRS may choose to just seize a portion of your wages each period until your debt is settled. Um, if you compile enough t- back taxes, think owing the IRS 10000 or more, the federal government could put a lien on your property, most likely your house. You might also get with a state tax lien or one from your county. And, you know, the IRS, we obviously know, has the ability to attack certain assets. While they can't inhibit your ability to earn money, they take your work tools or appropriate certain benefits like those paid to your children. Social Security is one they can see. So we all know that these are possibilities if you do not pay, especially on self-employed income, if you don't allocate aside to pay it at the end of the year. Yeah, you could put your partner in trouble. If you are aligned and commingling and filing and doing different things together, they can go back after both of you um, for what is owed by your husband. So you want to protect yourself, want to get that figured out, go to a CPA and, and work with them on getting that stuff figured out as soon as possible, folks. Um, yeah, you can use tax deferred accounts that I do with my clients, meaning individual retirement accounts that are tax deferred to lower taxable liabilities. Some strategies like that, that we use, um, with the SEP IRA or individual retirement accounts, um, pre-tax ones that allow for us to potentially lower taxable liability in that certain year. So great tips, great tips and tools to be used, um, for people that need that. So that's it folks. Hey, it's an exciting week. It's a week to relax, reflect, listen to this on your commute, share this with your friends and family. We're getting ready for some exciting things in the New Street community. So as always, I thank you for listening to this podcast episode.